0: You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for this Friday, September 1st edition of the Broomfield Enterprise. My name is Elaine. Today, we will be reading from the following main articles. Daniel the Lion Day hosts an afternoon of fun for the Broomfield community. Heart of Broomfield Awards honors teen Rory Stuber for her passionate work helping literacy inequities. And this week, Kelly Rowski writes about people and plants and stop and smell the roses. Broomfield Events for the week. And Carrie Pettis reviews a book about The History of the Western Slope And an unknown suspect fires a gun from a vehicle in Broomfield These and other articles Daniel the Lion Day hosts an afternoon of fun for the Broomfield community Life does not have to be defined by pain but can instead be defined by community, love, and service The ninth Daniel the Lion Day is an example of a family giving back to the community who helped them during a painful period in their lives. The event held Sunday at North Midway Park, 1279 West Midway Boulevard in Broomfield, is hosted by Daniel and Jack's Harmio as a celebration for their son Daniel, the lion who died at 14 months old. Daniel was born prematurely at 26 weeks on August 26th of 2012. The lion spent his whole life in the hospital, with the exception of leaving the hospital once to be transported to another hospital. Daniel Jaramillo did not want to be defined by his grief, so he decided to turn his pain into service for his community. He recounted, how, at the first Daniel the Lion Day, all attendees could fit under the Girl Scout shelter in the park. Now the event takes up a majority of the park and hosts hundreds of community members. The intent is to thank the community who helped us while we were fighting for our son's life, Daniel said. Jacks Jaramillo said the event is one of the coolest birthday parties ever and that almost any kid would wish for one of that magnitude. She explained that her son's life was a journey for himself and the family, and the lion overcame a lot in his lifetime. While her son should be here celebrating alongside the family, Jax Jaramillo said she hopes the lion feels celebrated. The event had many inflatable carnival-style games, face painting, petting zoos, dancing, food, beer, mascots, and a chance for the community to gather. The event is completely free and donations are being accepted. Donovan Brubaker has been volunteering for the event for two years. He said the event is a chance for families to not worry about anything and just have fun. Everything at the event is free as the event is focused on providing a space for families to let go of their everyday struggles. Daniel Jaramillo explained that the event has a Disneyland atmosphere, meaning the event is a place for gathering, community love, and support. He said it would feel disingenuous to hold such a large event and start a pitch halfway through the event asking for donations. Instead of financial donations being given at at the event, the Jaramillo's asked people to donate their service and give back to their community. Daniel said when they first lost their son, the entire family was in a world of pain. But Daniel and Jax Jaramillo knew they couldn't live in pain forever. Daniel said it could be easy to let oneself be defined by tragedy, but pain gives people the strength to serve the community and give back. Serving the community is the biggest message they have and want to spread with the event. Daniel hopes the event serves as an example and that people walk away with the urge to help out their community. The Jaramillo family found that giving back to the community is the best way to honor Daniel the Lion. For more information about Daniel the Lion Fund, you can go to danielthelion.org. Heart of Broomfield Awards honors teen Rory Stuber for her passionate work helping literacy inequities. Rory Stuber has been selected as this year's recipient of the Heart of Broomfield Youth Award, recognizing her accomplishments and contributions to the community. Rory is very intense and very driven. She's always known what she's interested in and pursued it with passion, according to her mother, Amy. Even when she was tiny, six or seven, She was a Brownie Girl Scout and would take every opportunity to go out into the community, Amy said. The older she got, she really just honored and honed in on her own interests. And books are a huge part of that. Amy explained that among her daughter's contributions to the community, she serves on the Broomfield Library Advisory Board, As a board member, Rory helps make decisions regarding the library's budget and programming. And she also helps out with book shelving and general tasks. But Rory Stuber said that her love of books doesn't stop there. My love of reading started in elementary school when I joined Battle of the Books. And it just continued to grow as I took more English classes and gained access to bigger and better libraries, she said. Especially once I joined the library board, seeing book inequities and literacy inequities in our community, and I feel passionate about closing that gap because of how passionate I am about reading and how important reading is in my life. And I want it to be just that way for everyone else. As part of her passion for closing book literacy and inequities, Rory Stuber started her own nonprofit book bound through the organization she aims to narrow those gaps and bring her love and passion for reading to the community book bound started when during a library board meeting a woman who worked at the Broomfield detention center came to talk about the book donation deficits they were having she explained that they often receive incomplete donations with only the first and third books in a series for example She also said that all books are in English and that many people at the center speak Spanish as a first or second language. After hearing this, Rory explained that she started her own book drive at her school, collecting as many books as she could fill the gaps so she could fill gaps at the detention center. She soon realized her impact was larger than she had expected, and she started Bookbound as a formal nonprofit to continue the work. In addition to her work with the library and Bookbound, Rory dedicates much of her time in working with the Colorado Conservatory of Dance. If you look at home videos, I'm always twirling around the living room, she said. So my parents put me in ballet class, and I absolutely fell in love with it. And I've been dancing ever since. I do a lot of community outreach, and last year volunteered to teach dance as well. I remember while teaching, for many of my kids it was their first time on stage, she said. And I just remember helping them backstage and they were so nervous about their hair and makeup being just right. And I got to help them through those nerves. I remember watching them go on stage and being proud of them. Still being in school, Rory has a lot to manage. She said that she manages it through a strong support system and her trusty cat-themed planner. I have a great support team, she said. My parents have always been so helpful. And I have a great family and friends that have supported me through everything. It can definitely be stressful, but time management has always been one of my skills. The Heart of Broomfield. Every week leading up to the Heart of Broomfield Awards celebration on September 29th at the Chateau at Fox Meadows in Broomfield, We will spotlight the award recipients. For more information or to purchase tickets or sponsorship, you can visit the Broomfield Communities Foundation website at broomfieldfoundation.org. And to read about other winners, you can head over to broomfieldenterprise.com. This week, Kelly Rowski writes about people and plants and Stop and Smell the Roses, About 15 years ago, I mysteriously lost my sense of smell. This annoyance became a problem when my doggy, unbeknownst to me, tried to nab some chocolate chip cookies from the stovetop. When my husband came home later that afternoon, I was sprawled out on the couch with a terrible headache and very groggy. His first words were, Why does it smell like gas in here? The dog had apparently turned the gas knob on the stove to on, and I had been fuming myself with gas for several hours. It's a wonder the house didn't blow up. The next day, I made an appointment with an ENT specialist. No help there, unfortunately. If I had to pick one sense to lose, then I suppose smell would be it. But with that said, it's no pant picnic. I cannot tell if a carton of milk has spoiled or if a rose smells sweet. My food typically tastes bland despite copious amounts of herbs and seasonings. The loss of smell can also lead to awkward social situations. Not knowing if I had body odor, I would use essential oils so as not to offend anyone. This approach backfired because I overheard 2 coworkers laughing at me behind my back My overachieving, people-pleasing self wanted to slink into a hole that day. Apparently, I had used too many oils and must have smelled like a walking candle factory. As you're wondering what the loss of smell has to do with plants, well, I'm here to encourage you to take advantage of your sense of smell, providing you still have one. And the plant world is a perfect place to do just that. Stopping to smell the roses is not only pleasing to the senses, but can be good for your psychological well being as well. Think of the range of scents in the natural world, from conifers to citrus fruits and everything in between flowers like roses, lavender, honeysuckle, and jasmine, herbs like peppermint, rosemary, basil, and lemon balm. Smell the soil, smell the moss smell your food and that cup of coffee take a good whiff of that onion the next time you peel it go ahead and have a good cry my husband and i recently went on a long lake went to long lake and i witnessed hordes of people walking and talking 90 miles per hour cruising right by an endless supply of natural wonders and pleasurable moments i firmly believe we all need to slow down And I'm looking at the woman in the mirror when I say that. We zip past so many opportunities for simple pleasures in life. Regarding my loss of smell, I'm still hopeful for a miraculous cure one of these days. So if you ever see a gray-haired woman down on all fours in the local park sniffing the grass and the ground like a scent-tracking dog, you'll know it has returned. Broomfield events for the week, the Palisade Peach Sale, fresh Colorado peaches from Palisade are being sold for $55 for a 20-pound box and $30 for a 10-pound box at the Broomfield High School, One Eagle Way in Broomfield. On Tuesday, the Broomfield's Children Chorus Registration. The chorus is open to all K-12th through grade singers. With three choirs, there's a place for everyone. The sign-up will be at 4.30 p.m. on Tuesday at Holy Comforter Episcopal Church, 1700 West 10th Avenue in Broomfield. For more information, you can phone 303-466-2667, extension 105. Guided Group Healing will be again at the Healing Studio, 11 a.m. on Tuesday. The studio is located at 18 Garden Center in Broomfield, Costs range between $20 and $110. On Thursday, the Unplugged sessions at the Omni will continue with Rich Climo, aka Richmond Acoustic. He's a Denver native who's been performing in the area for over 35 years. He plays covers of classic rock, blues, folk and a bit of country from the 60s through the 90s and beyond. This will be at 5 p.m. Thursday at the Omni Interlochen 500 Interlochen Boulevard. And the event is free. Again on Saturday, the Omni Unplugged Sessions start up again with Jordan Lynn. He'll perform at 3 p.m. Saturday at the Omni. This week, Carrie Pettis reviews a book, History from the Western Slope. The title of the book is Go as a River by Shelley Reed. This novel is based around an actual event that occurred in the 1960s, the damming of the Gunnison River near the western Colorado town of Iola. This created the Blue Mesa Reservoir, submerging the town under hundreds of feet of water. Shelly Reed is from that area and her story reflects the impact that the flooding had. Because it is the western slope of Colorado, peach orchards figure into the story as well. 17-year-old Victoria Nash lives with her gruff father and mean brother on a peach farm. Since her mother's death, Nash is expected to do all the chores and housekeeping. She encounters very little kindness until she unexpectedly meets Wilson Moon, a young drifter who's strolling through town. The attraction is mutual and leads to sad consequences for both of them. Seeking to escape from her current situation, Nash retreats to a mountain hut. As the seasons change, she learns how to manage on her own, finding strength in the natural world. When she finally returns to the Valley, she makes a difficult decision that will affect her life going forward. This is Reed's debut novel, and it is a promising start. The book is being featured on Colorado Public Radio's Turn the Page program in September. In business news, Clarion cuts losses, but delayed report shows continued financial stress. A Clarion Incorporated, a broomfield based medical device startup, cut its year over year net losses in more than half during the second quarter of twenty twenty three, but Questions remain as to whether the company has the cash to continue operations over the next few periods. The company posted sales of $17,000 in the second quarter of 2023, up from about $10,000 in the same period last year. Clarion's net loss was just under $1.5 million, an improvement of a loss of nearly $3.6 million in the second quarter of 2022. The company is a healthcare technology firm that uses biomarkers and proprietary augmented intelligence algorithms to help physicians identify the location of chronic low back pain. Developing medical technology products is a time-consuming, expensive and uncertain process that takes years to complete, and we may never generate meaningful revenues, according to clarion. Accordingly, we may need to obtain substantial additional funds to achieve our business objectives. Formerly known as NOSIMED, a Clarion completed an initial public offering in April of 2022 and subsequently relocated its corporate headquarters from San Mateo, California, to Broomfield. Since then, we financed our operations primarily through private placements of preferred shares and debt financing, PPP loans that were forgiven, and our IPOs, according to Eclarian's management team. clarion failed to file its earnings report before NASDAQ's deadline to allow for the completion of the review process by the company's new independent accountant, Cone Resnick LLP. A list of the top 10 movies for this fall. Number one, A Haunting in Venice. This will start on September 15th. Kenneth Braun returns as a Hercule Pirrois and returns to the director's chair in this freely adapted version of a late and lesser known Agatha Christie's Halloween party. The cast in this time includes Tina Fey, Michael Yo, Jamie Dornan, and Kelly Riley. Coming in at number two, The Creator, starting September 29th. In the future, humans go to war against AI, and it's up to John David Washington to find and eliminate The creator before the creator has its way with the entirety of the human race. Director Gareth Edwards has made three good movies in a row, Monsters, Godzilla, and Rogue One. Let's go for the Grand Slam. Coming in at number three, Killers of the Flower Moon. This will start October 20th. In the 1920s, Oklahoma, a wealth of oil underneath the Osage Nation's government-imposed reservation. This uh, involves crude oil seeping into a true crime tale of murder, greed, and corrosive American values in Martin Scorsese's adaptation of the excellent David Gann nonfiction bestseller Leonardo DiCaprio Lily Gladstone, Robert De Niro, and Jesse Plemons take the lead. Fourth is Priscilla, starting on October 27th. Writer and director Sofia Coppola adapts Priscilla Presley's memoirs, Elvis and Me, for what may turn out to be the biopic of the season, as well as the latest proof of Coppola's singular filmmaking strengths. Kaylee Spaney and Jacob Elordi Star as Priscilla and Elvis, the film made its world premiere recently at the Venice International Film Festival. Fifth is The Holdovers. This will start October 27th. Paul Giamatti plays an imperious prep school instructor charged with overseeing a collection of outcasts over the school holiday. The director is Alexander Payne, who worked so well with Giamatti in Sideways. Here's hoping this one's the right kind of intelligent, witty, and heartwarming throwback to the epic before Marvel. Six is the Marvels. Brie Larson returns as Captain Marvel in the MCU's follow-up to the 2019 Captain Marvel. Expect wormholes, Kree problems, and, fingers crossed, a show of directorial personality from the talented director, Nia DeCosta. Number seven, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, will begin November 17th. What was Panem-like 64 years before the messed-up reality series of a dystopia we knew and love-hated in the Hunger Games movies? Well, there were Susan Zan Collins' suzanne collins books before they were movies and here's the first of the prequel adaptations the cast includes viola davis which is a very good start eighth is napoleon starting november 22nd at his best ridley scott is the reigning king of old school new school hollywood classism And this long-awaited portrayal of the keen military strategist and greedy acquirer of other people's territory should provide Joaquin Phoenix a fine and juicy role. Or will this be his Waterloo? The movies haven't had much luck with this Bonaparte fellow. Time for a streak-breaker. Number nine is Maestro, this Netflix biopic streaming just as soon enough after its theatrical release to prevent anything like actual crowds in actual theaters, stars Bradley Cooper and a controversial prosthetic nose in the role of composer and conductor Leonard Bernstein. Carrie Mulligan co-stars as Felicia Montelegru, who married Bernstein in 1951. Coming in at 10th is Wish, starting November 22nd. Ariana DeBose is the voice, speaking and singing of Asha, the 17-year-old who wish upon a star is so irresistible it calls forth a doozy. She'll need it to deal with the sinister King Magnifico, voiced by Chris Pine in Disney's new animated feature, A Century in the Making, is how Disney's selling its latest screen princess. Thank you for joining us for Broomfield Enterprise. My name is Elaine. AINC Programming is brought to you in part by the Broomfield Community Foundation, Broomfield's leading partner and voice for philanthropy since 1993. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.